Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. All right, all right. Well, welcome everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 36 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a reminder, you can find detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 36. If you're going after small businesses or entrepreneurs or even solo business owners, people such as consultants, for example, there's a very lucrative opportunity out there that a lot of writers don't even know exists. And it's writing lead magnet books or ebooks for these businesses or individual clients. Lead magnet ebooks are basically informational tools used for marketing purposes. They typically outline the methodology or the approach or the formula that the business uses to produce results for their clients or customers, either via the services they deliver or the products they sell. And many businesses and entrepreneurs use these tools because they found that sharing their insights, their systems, that sort of thing through a book is a great way to build credibility and to turn many cold prospects into hot leads and customers. The problem is that even though the strategy is proven, it works extremely well, most of these business owners aren't writers themselves. They also don't have people in their company who can write well or who have the time to take on such a project. They know what they want to say, but they're not skilled at putting these ideas down on paper. And that's where you can come in. In this episode, you'll hear from Susan Anderson, who's the president of Triumph Communications and the author of Working Writer, Happy Writer. And Susan has created a thriving writing business that's focused on writing and producing lead magnet books, just like the ones I just described. And in this interview, she explains what these projects are all about, what types of clients you should go after, how to approach the work, how much you can charge, and much, much, much more. So this is one that I think you'll really, really enjoy because if anything, you'll know how you can approach this type of work and this opportunity to your existing clients or even how you can write a lead magnet of your own for your freelance writing business. So enjoy the show and I'll talk to you at the end. All right, I'm sitting here with Susan Anderson, and uh, Susan is going to be talking about a topic that I um, that I've recently just really found out about, and it's a specific project type that um, it's lots of fun, very lucrative, and Susan has had great success with. So as soon as I heard about it, I asked her to come on the show, and she graciously agreed. Susan, so great to have you. Thanks for coming on on the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure. You've been such a help to me in my business that uh, if I can give back a little bit, that'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, that's that's the spirit that we try to keep here, a spirit of generosity. So I, I appreciate that. It's a lot of people get uh, some very valuable information from the show. And um, 
uh, thanks to you know guests like yourself. So for, for folks who don't know you, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what type of work you do, what types of clients, and maybe a little bit about your history and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Uh, actually, it all started back in 2005. I hired a business coach going, okay, what should I be when I grow up? <laughs> you know, uh -huh. I'm looking at the business end of 40 and still hadn't figured it out. And uh, through some questionnaires and various uh, drilling down, we figured out that writing was my thing. And I thought, great, that's wonderful, except uh, if I don't write a best-selling novel that ends up on Oprah, this is not going to be a business. I had never even heard of business writing. Um, and she <laughs> said, are you crazy? The internet is booming. Every business out there is going to need to have a writer. I thought, okay, I like those odds. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so I got Peter Bowerman's book, Well-Fed Writer, and just was blown away by the opportunity. Unfortunately, I kind of like being a hermit. I did not want to talk to somebody. I know you've done cold calling and, you know, a lot of successful writers have started off by doing cold calling. I think I would have rather chewed my own foot off than do it. So, <laughs> And Peter's a big <laughs> proponent of it, too. Yes, yes. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure out another way. So I actually got started on Guru.com. And believe it or not, within like six months, I was making about $5,000 a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I never had to talk to anybody. So it was ideal. You know? Those are, was a, that's a huge number, especially considering that uh, these sites have a reputation of very, very low paying work. They, they really do. It didn't used to be as bad as it is now. Like now I don't even use that site or any of those. Um, and I always advise people just you know, go find your own clients directly because there's just no point, you know, you could get asked to write a book for a dollar there and that's just not happening. So, yeah. but back in the day, it used to be fairly lucrative and uh, yeah, I worked my butt off, but it, it paid well. So um, at some point, I think it was around 08, Guru completely changed how they ranked the writers there. And I had risen to number one spot and I held that for about a year just from sheer volume and, you know, nothing but great reviews and endorsements and all that. But when they shuffled it, I was nowhere to be seen in the, uh, in the search results. So that kind of was a downer. You know? <laughs> and I decided to build a whole new way and went after direct clients. So I, I needed nudging and Peter was right. Of course. You know? <laughs> so I learned how to talk with people about what I was doing and attended some networking meetings that kind of helped me to get a little bit more comfortable with that and started building some strategic partnerships with um, marketing agencies that they would find clients coming to them left and right going, can you build us a website? Oh, and I guess we need text. And these guys didn't know how to write. So they were really happy to hand that off. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of grew. They also needed press releases, blog posts, articles, you know, all kinds of other stuff. So it, uh, I recovered and <laughs> rebuilt from scratch, but um, ended up building up team of US-based writers who write with me because I reached the point where I was beyond capacity and decided I would like to actually have a life as well as working. Um, and so I've got this handful of writers who I've trained to do it the way that I want it to do to be done and the way my clients want it. And some of them I've met, some of them I've never met, but it's fantastic. So we're able to create quite a bit of really good content. So essentially you're uh, in a way kind of the project lead 
and um, so you have writers who do most of the writing for you. Do you do writing yourself still, or you? Mason? I do. I kind of cherry pick, or maybe what's whatever the opposite is, and take the worst projects. <laughs> but, oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you know whatever project I actually you know I need to be involved in or want to be involved in, I'll do that. Uh, the ongoing stuff we do a lot of white label uh, content for like. Uh, we'll work directly for a marketing firm and we'll blog for their clients. So they may have 20 clients we're blogging for. And um, so, you know, the writers typically will write that and I have a project manager who helps coordinate all those moving pieces. So that, that works really well. And then I have, you know, if I'm doing a white paper or something a little bit higher end or more interesting, then I'll take those. Okay. And would you say that most of your clients are marketing firms in agencies or direct clients? Uh, at this point, most of them are agencies and firms. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, this is fascinating, which by the way, I wasn't aware that, um, that most of your business was this. And we may want to do at some point, maybe another show about this model of having other writers work with oh, you. Oh, sure. Because yeah. I get asked about this all the time. And it's very, very challenging. I've tried doing this myself. Very difficult to find writers who can write in a similar voice as yours or similar voice to what the client is looking for in uh, at a high level of quality and don't charge so much you can actually make a profit that's a huge learning curve and it's taken a while but i i really got it at this point and in fact some of the writers if i read just a piece of content i'm like did i write this <laughs> you know? yeah they write so similar to similarly to the way that i write at this point that sometimes it's very hard to tell the difference well, yeah. So this is this. That's fascinating. I and and by the way, I applaud you for for finding a model that works because I know most people who who try to do this fail. Um, and, yeah. and I've failed many times trying trying to develop the same thing and trying to find a group of writers who can do that. So so, but there's one particular project type um, that you've had some really good success with, and you really enjoy. And I know you've been growing this side of your practice uh, lately. Let's talk about that because it's, um, they're books, right? So tell us more oh, about yeah. that. This one I love. I call it the mother of all business cards because this thing, it's, and when I refer to it that way, I instantly have any business owner's attention. What, <laughs> you know? So this thing I love. Essentially what it is, is that it's based on the idea that content helps to build connection and credibility because people buy from the people that they know, like, and trust. So there's this saying that we all have about the expert. Well, that's the person who wrote the book on whatever the topic is. And yet most of them haven't written a book, but they could if they just knew how or had the time and the bandwidth and the you know processes in place. So Every business owner, if they've become a subject matter expert, especially service-oriented businesses, but in some cases products and nonprofits as well, they've got the makings for a book. And this instantly, by publishing, they completely set themselves apart from all of their competitors. There are very few in any particular niche who have a book. And even if there are lots of people who have a book, their prospects probably have never run into anybody in that niche who has authored a book. Yeah. So this is really cool. Um, 
And just first to be really clear, we're not talking about they don't have to go get an agent. They're not seeking to get signed by a publishing company. They don't have to end up with a garage full of books that their wife is kicking them out of the house because they can't park anymore. I mean, it's just really painless at this point. uh, Tremendous. You're talking about, uh, just to be clear, this is a self-published printed book that a business owner can can use as a marketing tool, as you said, uh, uh, a business card's on steroids in a way. Absolutely. To get their foot in the door, to build that credibility early in the process and set themselves apart. Yes. So I tell them, you know, this is not, the goal of the game here is not getting royalties. You know, I don't care, and they understand it. By the end of this explanation, they get it. They don't care whether they ever sell a copy of their book. And in many cases, they never will. The goal is to use that book to generate leads and kind of nudge them gently through the sales funnel. Gotcha. So what does the finished format look like? What are we talking about here? Well, we do a couple different things with different packages. The most common thing is that they'll have a book that's about 50 to 100 pages in Word. And then we format it to whatever size, they call it trim size, but whatever trim size they want, most commonly they go by five by eight because it's a common size. It's kind of a you know a standard publishing size and it's one of the smaller <laughs> trim sizes so their book looks thicker because uh-huh. you don't want to have a book lit, you want to have a book. Um, so usually what we'll end up with is about a half inch to an inch thick spine, which is enough space to make it look like an actual book. You can have the title of the book on the spine and and it doesn't look like you could have stapled it. <laughs> it looks like a real book, so it's kind of cool. Um, we also do it as a Kindle if they want it, um, as a PDF that they can give as a download on their site. I mean, there's a lot of ways. Once it's completed and created, then they can you know rehash and reuse it a bunch of different ways. But uh, that's the most common thing is about a five by eight paperback. Um, typically, there's no graphics, no images, just because the, the print po- process sometimes picks them up well and sometimes it does not. So just to be safe, if they don't need them, it's better not to include them. Uh, we'll include a foreword and about the author. Sometimes they have a dedication, you know, all the normal book stuff. And, uh, you know, they can order, um, I'll tell you about the publisher in a little bit, but they can order one book or zero books or 5,000 books, whatever they want to do. And they are completely in control and there's no minimum. Gotcha. Which is great because, you know, you talked about the garage full of books that used to be a uh, the only reality. It's either order a garage full or nothing. And I know things have changed. So we'll, definitely we'll talk more about that. But, um, you know, you let's talk about the potential clients for this. I think you mentioned service firms. Is, is yes. Can you give us some examples of maybe different types of service firms or other types of businesses that really uh, lend themselves to the strategy? Oh, sure. So I've written for just a short list of stuff, but uh, local online marketers, that's been probably the most frequent type of client that I've had. So they want to explain what they're doing and kind of use the book to generate some leads. Um, I've written for dentists. I've done uh, a couple other product, I mean, uh, service oriented businesses like a chiropractor. Um, I did a, a couple different coaches, like life coaches and you know different specialties of coaching. Uh, one guy who created a software system 
and sort of a process, business process system that goes with it. So a little bit like uh, the E-Myth or um, Built to Sell, that type of system integrated okay. with his software. So that was kind of neat. Um, and I've also done nonprofits, a couple of Christian ministries. Um, I have a local United Way that has me doing a book for them that they're using for fundraising purposes. And we've done a couple of memoirs as well. So oh, wow. kind of a variety. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when people will come up. Oh, the other one that's kind of odd is <laughs> Golf Club Fitting Pros. So like, if you're oh. really into golf, you go get custom fit for clubs and I've written books for them with their material. We'll kind of get into that part too, but I don't wow. even golf. So that was kind of an odd one to pick up. Now I'm assuming that these clients are, so these would be direct clients. Right. These are almost always direct clients. Sometimes um, when it's been a marketing firm that has me do the book, uh, it's no longer really white label at that point. Cause I need to have interaction with the client. So they'll make it more like a referral. Okay. That makes sense. And we'll talk a little bit more in a, in a few minutes about how you attract the right kinds of clients for these projects. But let's get into the um, getting the content, like putting actually putting these books together in, in, in writing the content for them. So how, how would you gather the information you need? What have you found works well? What doesn't work well? Yeah. Um, so most of the time, especially if it's a service business, this person is a subject matter expert. They've been doing this a little while or have at least had some really extensive training and they know more than 99% of the population about their topic. So the, it's really easy if I can extract it from them. Um, and that's the part that could be tricky if you had them write or draft their book, it would probably never happen. But most of these guys like to talk about their business and you know, certainly in scheduled bursts of, hey, we're going to talk about it for an hour, you know, four or five times, they can definitely do that. Um, so what we'll do is I'll kind of create an outline of what I want to ask them, what topics ought to be in this book, basically outlining the chapters. Uh, the way I find out what needs to be in there is I do some research about their topic and look on Amazon to see, you know, tables of contents of other people's books on that. And go, oh, yeah, we got to talk about this or that. Uh, you can go in forums on that topic. Um, sometimes odd places like Yahoo Answers will have great questions that need to be asked that lots of people are asking. And so I'll be able to figure those into the uh, outline and the, you know, the suggested list of questions for the interview. Um, for some of them though, it's even easier because they've got public speaking that they've done and recorded or webinars, that's the gold mine. If they've got a webinar that you can use the, uh, the recording and their slides to pull information from. Um, some of them will have a blog and that can sometimes be helpful, sometimes it's not, but uh, this is really easy to extract that information. I, I always tell them it's painless. <laughs> so they're not worried about that. I'm going to make them sit down and write it or something like this. But all we do is, um, you know, I get these questions uh, written down and, you know, the rough table of contents and send it off and they see yes or no, or they tweak it. And we schedule some interviews and uh, I put them through my calling line, which is a recording line. Um, and with <laughs> with some trial and error, I found some that work flawlessly where you're always going to get the recording, which is really, really important. Um, <laughs> you don't want to have to record it twice. But if you record the interview, you can send that recording, the audio recording off to a transcriber and get 
you know, back without, you know, within 24 hours or 48 hours, you can get everything that was said, which is fantastic. It's a huge time saver. I'm, oh. I'm with you. I, I do the same thing. Who do you, who have you found to be very reliable in terms of a, uh, a calling line that's got a good recording feature? Oh, this is a crazy one. I used to use freeconferencecall.com and I lost so many audios. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> it was the worst feeling to see it did not record. Then I switched to one that's called freeconferencecalling.com. <laughs> not <laughs> to one, be mistaken with. <laughs> I know. Talk about cross branding or stealing the branding, but that one actually works flawlessly, which is great. Or you can use a GoTo webinar. Um, you know, you have to pay for that, but our GoTo meeting, I think it is that, uh, you know, for phone calls. So that works great too. But I'm really uh, thrilled with GoTo, I mean, sorry, with freeconferencecalling.com. And then there are also some iPhone apps. I don't know about Android, but there are some iPhone apps where you can uh, record both ends of the conversation. And that works very well because it comes up with an MP3 automatically. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's, that's pretty cool. And then as far as transcription, um, I've gone everywhere from, you, you don't necessarily have to have a US-based writer or transcriber doing that. So you can get it really cheaply if you go to, say, the Philippines or you know India, uh, different places throughout the world where all they're doing is typing what was said. And even if they mess it up or they can't quite understand what something was, you can get the gist of it enough that it's a huge time saver and not that expensive. Yeah, I agree. You're not looking for perfection. All you want is to save the time of having to go back to the audio and transcribe it yourself. Exactly. And then, oh, it's really important to tell them don't do any fancy formatting because they think they're doing you a favor if they've got all these bold and speaker one, speaker two. I'm like, no, 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 just give me the text. (laughs) Yeah. So because otherwise you have to undo all that anyhow. So yes. And by the way, I've also found you probably do this too, right? If you're working with a webinar as one of your big content sources, um, I'll just send that to the transcriptionist and have them transcribe the webinar as well. Yes, yes. They can and they can work from anything. You could send them a YouTube video and have them transcribe. It's amazing. Um, And they're, you know, often very talented and not that expensive. So uh, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Um, in fact, you know what? I'll also include uh, in the show notes a link to the transcriptionist uh, I use. There, it's a firm, and um, if you have someone that you're happy with, Susan will also include that if, if you're okay with it. Yeah, I actually don't share my first one anymore because I used to do that, and he got so busy he didn't have time for me anymore. <laughs> will not do that. <laughs> Let's not do it then. No worries. But I have a selection now because he he literally, he's too busy. He doesn't do me anymore. So I've got a selection of various, uh, but I can say where I, where I go to get them and uh, they can find some there for sure. But um, so once I've got the transcript in place, now I've got the client's voice, you know, the way that they phrase things and words they would use. And instantly it's a much higher likelihood that they're going to be pleased with the end product. Uh, So that's just a tremendous value to have that. Um, From there, it's a matter of, it's almost more like editing. I mean, in some cases, you have to create a lot of segues and, you know, just the various pieces and parts that are not included on the interview, but you know a lot more about that client. Uh, It makes it a lot easier to write like them once you've done all these interviews as well. So uh, we, you know, create the the basic body of this book and submit that for approval. Um, It's very important to be very clear in your initial project agreement about how many rounds of revision you're doing. 
uh, <laughs> you can really end up spending that is your book for the rest of the year if you're not careful because oh, some I people bet. yeah you know how it is they sometimes it's just never perfect they're too afraid to send it out so you could have a hundred rounds of revisions if you're not careful but um, and put a time limit on that you know you can be generous most people are just so thrilled to have something and they want to put it to use right away and um, I've had clients that have no revision requests whatsoever. So that's kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then once they're working on that, I work on all the other really important but seemingly small parts. So like the title and subtitle, of course, those need to be benefit-driven so that somebody's interested enough to pick up the book once they've got it. Um, chapter titles, um, the odd pieces like the foreword, dedication, about the author. Oh, and then a back cover. That's the one I always forget to do until I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to do that. <laughs> you know? So back cover material you have to have as well. Okay. Uh, and send that off for approval. Once they start approving pieces and parts, you can start with the formatting. Um, and there are a couple ways you can do that. You can have a designer work. Uh, one designer I work with uses InDesign or Quark to create this gorgeously, very professionally formatted book. Um, that can run about $750, $1,000. So in many cases, that works great. But what if you're doing somebody's memoir? They may not want to you know, spend that much on formatting. That might, you know, that it may not work very well for that. So for other projects, I have a little tiny program that I bought once that's an add-in for Word called um, Book Design Wizard. I think it was like 37 bucks. <laughs> wow. And this thing works almost as well as the designer. I hope she's not listening, but <laughs> to me, it looks the same. You know, I've sent her stuff that I've formatted, and she's like, oh, no, that should be an end dash. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> the rest of it looks pretty darn good, though. And the bulk of my projects, I actually use that. So that really works very well. So you're you're the one doing the design for a lot of these. I mean, it sounds like you have a, a decent eye for design, so that helps. Yeah, and this is just the inside. So it's not, I mean, it's a matter of choosing a major font and wh whether you want the chapter titles underlined, where you want the page numbers, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's really done for you. You you have to go through and check everything, but it's not that hard. Okay, uh, so you, you, this is the typesetting, not cover design. Right. Okay. Right, cover design, I mean... I'm famous for one time painting a kitchen orange, so I should probably never be in charge of a book cover. You know? Okay, so. okay, good. Yeah, because I'm I'm a huge believer in in you know paying for good design, yes. especially the cover of a book, those types oh, of things. Yes. I mean, what I'll do is I'll mock up something, like I'll get a great idea. Oh yeah, we should totally do this, and I'll pull together something using like Pick Monkey or some free photo editing, you know. And using the watermarked design because I'm not buying anything until we know for sure what we're using and and just kind of throwing an idea together just because it's much harder to explain to a client what you're kind of thinking for cover. And by the way, they never have an idea for their cover. So <laughs> I always ask, but they never have an idea. So I throw together like three or four different options and go to any of these hit you and they'll say, well, yeah, I like this, but, you know, this color instead or, you know, they'll, they'll have some ideas ideas. And then once I've got something that's kind of rough like that, I'll send it off to my designer. And uh, I have two designers that I use and one of them will work with it and really create something. It's completely professional. It's, you know, they're using all the right software, and have all the fonts and, you know, all the good stuff. So, but this way, at least I'm able to communicate better with them than trying to describe it in words. 
And do you uh, package the design price into your fee or do you have the designer work directly with the client? Uh, I always package it because okay. my clients really prefer to have just one stop shopping on that. Yes. Um, and I think you had mentioned in one of your podcasts. Oh, yeah, it was working with um, designers. I think that was a call with Peter Bowerman that you did. And it was. He, yeah, he was like, well, if you're the last one to touch it, you should probably project manage it. Whereas if they're the last one to touch it, they should project manage. So um, I'm usually, well, actually always the one with the relationship with the client. So it's just easier to have them pay me and I pay the designer. Yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So they, so you do the much of the typesetting. Uh, you work with a designer. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, oh, and, and by the way, just to recap real quick. So one thing that I think you've you do very well, and I can tell just from what you've shared here, is organizing and synthesizing information. So you're able to take their idea, what they have to work with, and you can come up with an outline. Uh, that works really well because I think that that's a huge part of this whole of this whole bit, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because, like, after a while, I mean, I've done a lot of these. After a while, they all sort of follow. There's a a rough format that you can kind of use, which is basically, you know, an introduction why you should be reading this book, um, what's involved in, like, somebody who's reading this is a prospect. So where are they? you know, why are they even looking at this information? What kinds of problems are they facing? Uh, what are their options out there? And then from there, the goal is kind of shock and awe. <laughs> so, so if it's like for a local marketer, I'll go, well, their prospect is a business owner. So, okay, what are business owners always looking for? More customers. So what are their options here? What do they need to do? And my goodness, there's a list of thousands of things they ought to be doing. So we kind of go into a bunch of these and we are explaining what needs to be done, but not necessarily the best way to do it. So teach them the what, but not necessarily all the how. Mm -hmm. And, um, and by the end, you know, the ideal outcome, and I hear this back from my clients a lot is that they hand the book, somebody reads it. And the, the next conversation is, man, can you just do all this for me? And that's, I know I've succeeded then. So we've created this whole long, well, here's everything you need to do. And it's totally true. This, you know, you got to do this, 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 and this, but do you really have time? Or you can outsource it. And here's what you ought to look for if you're going to outsource. I know a lot of clients might initially think, well, gosh, I don't want to give away my secrets, but the secret is that uh, that's how you get business by giving them away, adding a ton of value. And then, yeah, some people are going to take it and they're going to run with it. They're going to try. Some people will succeed. But many of them are going to realize, you know what? Can you just do this for me? Absolutely. That's the best thing ever. And that's how I've gotten most of my clients. I wrote a book like this for myself, actually. And I took it to a live event where I knew all my target. Everybody who was attending was my target market. It was a local online marketers event. And I had this book with me. I went to the event. I had a hundred copies with me. They were gone. I didn't bring a single copy home (laughs) and I'm still getting calls. This was in June. I'm still getting calls from people going, Oh my gosh, that was such a great book. And you've landed, you've landed work from it. Oh yeah. And I've landed books from it. So it's been, you know, this book that I wrote was marketing about 10 different writing projects that my firm focuses on. And we've sold pretty much one of everything at least and plenty more of many of them. Um, and people are going, could I get a book like that? Oh, oh yes. That, what a great way to promote. 
All right. It so, is. so let's let's go back to then the project. Um, how do you take it from kind of finished design format to a, a printed book? What happens there and how do you help the client? Okay. Uh, my secret weapon is a thing called Create Space, and it's owned by Amazon. Um, I know there are others out there, Lightning Source and Lulu and, you know, a bunch of others. But I just find sometimes Create Space is a total pain in the neck, but most of the time they're really easy to work with. Um, so what we do is I create an account for the client. Even if they have an Amazon account, we always try to keep it separate just because, you know, to keep them secure, we just, you know, double layer of protection there. But so they'll have a, an account with create space. That's only for the book and, um, set up all their information. I tell them I'm going to put in place marker information because they're going to ask for some sensitive information, like your bank routing number. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to know your social security number. I don't even want to know your home address. <laughs> so I'll put in all the things that are required fields, but they have to later on go back and fix that once I'm off the case. <laughs> okay. So, uh, cause that was a, at first that was kind of a big hurdle. I didn't, you know, I felt very awkward asking a client, Oh, okay. Give me your social security number. I, I don't want that info. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, once you've got their account set up and all the files are uh, approved by the client, you have to have a PDF of the cover and you have to have a PDF of the book. And so you upload those both to create space and it takes about 24 hours, sometimes faster for them to just review the files. Now they're not checking for typos. They're not proofreading. They're not evaluating the quality of your writing, nothing like that. They're just making sure that the file will print correctly. Okay. Um, and my designer also has the specs for that particular cover, whatever trim size the client has chosen, you know, so it's all set. I don't have to adjust anything. Um, once those files are approved by create space, you do a digital proof and they didn't used to have that. This is a great, wonderful development is now you can proof it digitally. And it's like you're flipping through a book and making sure you're looking to make sure there's no spacing disasters or page number problems or, you know, there can be all kinds of odd things that don't show up when you're working on it. And there it is. There's a problem, you know, in the file. If you have to fix anything, you just re-upload in a couple more days. It's approved for another proof round um, and you look at it again. Um, I also insist on the client buying one proof copy that's in print and have that shipped to them because since these are used as the mother of all business cards, it's going to have their contact info in there. And I actually, <laughs> this was horrible. You know, you learn from mistakes, but I had one where the client, you know, took delivery of 50 copies of their book and I had screwed up their phone number by one digit. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh, no. I've done worse, Susan. So <gasps> it's okay. <laughs> it's a heart attack moment. And I was like, okay, well, obviously, I will cover the cost of, you know, getting reprints. But that was a great learning experience. Uh, make sure they get a print proof copy because, you know, you don't want to have that happen. That <laughs> That's a nightmare. Um, so they do that. And then once, you know, once they've approved that print uh, version of their book, the, the proof copy there, it, I'm done. As far as that particular part of the project, I hand them over, you know, here's how you're logging into this create space. Here's how you order. Um, if they order through create space, if they have a book that's about, 
I always equate it into Word because it varies so much by the trim size, otherwise for page count. But if you have like a 50-page Word document, manuscript that you're sending uh, once it's formatted and all, the book is probably going to cost them about $2.15 a copy. Wow, that's cheap. <laughs> I know, it's great. Now, what they want to do is set a price because this will go in immediately onto Amazon. One thing I like about create space is they provide it's free. You can't, you know, there's no charge for setup. They'll give you an ISBN number. If you had to go out and buy one, you have to buy them usually in packs. It can run you about $200 per title. Um, they include it. Oh, so, wow. I had no idea they did that. I, yes. I remember that. Yeah, it was costly to do this. Yes, it is. And, you know, if you've got like some of these marketers, they market to different niches. So they might have, you know, plumbers, electricians, architects, whatever. And they want a book for each one of these. Well, once you start plopping on $200 plus per, per ISBN number, it gets crazy. So this is a great a huge benefit. I don't know if it'll always be like that, but um, that's how it is now. So, and it instantly goes up onto Amazon once all the files have been approved and you hit, yes, I approve the proof it, within a day or two, it's on Amazon and they can set the price. So they need to set that at a normal, you know, 995, 1995, whatever they want to do as a normal book. Uh, Cause that's, you don't want to have it a dollar. That would look ridiculous. It kind of defeats the whole credibility thing. So. Yeah. So it's there, and then if they want a Kindle version, that's a you know a little higher package because it's really just a matter of reformatting it and submitting it through Kindle's publishing program. Um, you can Which get you it do off. for them? You do that part? Yes, I can do that as well, and that's not not hard to do. It's you just have to kind of know what you're doing. And I always recommend if somebody wants to do this, write your own book first because you're going to mess up a lot <laughs> and you want to mess up on yours. You don't want to mess up on a client's. And this is a great way to, you know, if you're a freelance writer, write your own book about what services you provide, pick a few that you really like and write a book about it and then publish it on through create space, publish it to Kindle. Yeah. That's a fantastic way to learn the process and see some of the benefits yourself. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. So let, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, how much you charge f typically for for a package like this? I mean, what, what or give me a range? You know, what can okay. someone expect? Yeah, well, there's one thing that's uh, it's interesting. I, I always kind of compare it to football. I don't like football. I don't watch football, but I was married to a guy who watched a lot of football, so <laughs> I, I can compare it to this. It's like the your client is somewhere on that football field and they're trying to get to the end zone, and that's their project. Maybe they've got an idea for a book, or maybe they've never even thought of it, but now all of a sudden are thinking about it. Or a lot of people started writing a book and they never finished it. And surprisingly enough, a lot of people have written a book and just it's sitting on their hard drive. They've never done anything. But wherever they are on that field, we can kind of hand off the ball and run to the end zone with it. So packages kind of range that way. So I've got some people who they're authors, but they don't know how to do the rest of this thing. So like, uh, you know, a couple of the life coaches that I've done for they write their book, and then they're stuck. So we'll take it from there and, you know, take it the rest of the process. But most of the time, they don't have anything and we're starting from scratch. But either way, um, I advise and what we do is we come up with different packages. 
I should probably name them based on football, but I don't know. <laughs> so it's based on, you know, how far along on the field are you and we're, you know, what do we need to do here? So if somebody's already got like a complete manuscript, they may have even, I had one client who already had a cover design and then dropped the ball and just never did anything. So we were able to do something like that from like 500 bucks because all you're basically doing is submitting stuff, interfacing with create space for them, you know, doing the digital proof, all that kind of stuff. Um, some of them might need formatting, you know, you can kind of go from there, but the minimum that we do is $500. Um, and it could go all the way up to five or $10,000. Uh, we did for a dentist once it was, that was probably where I learned that you need to have a limit on how many revisions you'll do. Uh -huh. so that, that one was a higher one, one of the highest price ones I've done. And it wasn't nearly enough for the aggravation, but, uh, I know that writers are charging anywhere between about five and 10 starting from scratch. And you could easily do that. Um, especially once you've been through the process once or twice, you'll feel a lot more confident charging, you know, some good money on it. It sounds like the kind of thing where it wouldn't be a bad idea for well, first do your, do one for yourself, which I, I love that piece of advice and then find a couple of people, whether they're existing clients or maybe some friends or colleagues, people, you know, professionally, and offer to do a book for one or two of them for oh, yeah. a heavily discounted rate just to really get comfortable with the process, to get some samples, get some credibility, and get some testimonials. Testimonials are key. And, you know, really what you're thinking about, it's, you know, anytime a business owner goes, oh, my gosh, I used this whatever and got so many clients, I can't even believe it. Well, everybody who's in that field wants that now. Yeah. And anybody that's not in that field who happens to know that person, they want it too. So yeah, you want a really specific testimonial. Not so much, I mean, yeah, great that you did a great job writing it, but you want to hear what the results were, their return on investment. And that's huge. Yeah, I, I would, if I were starting this today, that's the way I would approach it. Um, plus, it's a big confidence boost, right? To, to go through this, uh, know it well, get people some results, and now you have a great foundation for a solid business. Oh yeah. And and I, I mean, like that range. Five to ten thousand sounds about right to me. I think you could even go higher uh, as you get a few uh, under your belt. Oh yeah. And I think too, the topic that you know, there are a lot of think factors that kind of affect the price. At this point, I've written a lot for local online marketers. <laughs> you know, I could uh, I could write that in my sleep almost, you know, but I still go through the process and all, but um, if it were something, my worst project ever was about surgical microscopes. That, you know, I was like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really have anybody to interview. This was not a book project. It was just website copy. But if they had asked for a book on that, I think it would have been 50 grand just because it was horrible, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of have to go by that. You got to go by how much do you like this client? Is it somebody you've worked with ongoingly and you know that you work well together? That's going to be a lot easier. I mean, there are a lot of ways it can go bad if you have a client that's hard to work with or won't provide information or is not easy to interview. Some people clam up. They won't even, you know, they can't even talk about their own business. Then you're doing a lot of research, uh, you know, it can, it can vary a lot. And also for this, you know, part of the benefit to them is that it's positioning them as a thought leader that really requires interviewing them because otherwise if I'm just gathering information from what I find online, that doesn't differentiate them from anybody. True. So that's, you know, all these things kind of, you have to figure into your pricing, but you got to start somewhere. You know, I always look at pricing as an experiment and, 
you know, we adjust and tweak and go forward from there. So how, how do you promote this service or how would you advise someone who's would be interested in, in starting this type of service to, to, to get a foothold and, and to build from there? Really, I mean, the best thing that I can even advise would be if you don't have, I mean, I have a lot of contact with local marketers. So that was an easy thing. Hey, I'll do this book. I didn't even have to show them proof of concept. They got it. They're like, oh, yeah, that would help a lot. If you don't have that benefit, and most people don't, you need to write your own book. And then you can use it as a piece of your direct marketing um, you can, oh, this is brilliant. This, I love this idea. All right. Everybody's always afraid to make calls. How do I get past the gatekeeper and how do I, you know? All right. So here's the thing. If you, when you have your book, you can order direct from create space and spend what, two fifteen two twenty five for your book. If you order from Amazon, if you have a prime account with Amazon, your shipping is free and you can get like next day, delivery, even on these books that's print on demand. Amazon owns Create Space, so it's fast. So you could send it direct from Amazon in a wrapper that says Amazon to a prospect. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Any admin, I've worked as an admin, I wouldn't touch a, you know, a package that's personally you know, addressed to my boss. I, there's no way that's going in the trash. It's from Amazon, are you kidding me? They're gonna open it. And they probably will be so blown away that you were that clever that they'll say, yeah, I want this. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's really cool. Love that. So that's, that's kind of the backdoor way, you know, to market it. Also, also, I mean, if you can, I know for some writers, it's just gut wrenching to even imagine going out and doing any public speaking. But if you do, that's a gold mine. And if you bring, Hey, I have a few copies. You don't have to bring a whole bunch, collect their cards. If they want a copy of the book, Great. You take them out for coffee. You give them a book. That's going to be your client. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It, you know, I, I found the same thing when the wealthy freelancer came out. I, I kept books in my trunk, and I would, if I would meet someone, um, or I spoke somewhere. Well, of course, if I spoke somewhere, I would take a huge stack of books with me. Um, every time I met someone who could be uh, a potential partner, um, you know, a client, anything like I would give them a copy of the book. People don't throw books away. They throw yeah. business cards away. Nobody yep. throws away a book. Absolutely. And they are, I mean, that look, you've seen that look. Wow. You have a book. You, know? you have a book and my gosh, you give me a book for free. And listen, I've been sign on the other it. end. Yeah. <laughs> like, sign, sign it. it I, there's, we place as a, this society, we place tremendous value on books. And, oh, and I yeah. think with the Kindle revolution, I think the printed book is, is valued even higher. Yeah. So to actually hand someone something they can touch like that Definitely. is huge. It stands out. It really does. And here's some other stuff is that if somebody goes checking you out, which a lot of people do before they're going to hire now, they're always looking online. Oh my gosh, they're, they have a book on Amazon and Kindle. Whoa. You know? So it's just, uh, you know, it, if you can get some reviews on it, that's even better. I mean, it's just a, a huge credibility boost all the way around. Oh, that's fantastic. I love this, Susan. Thanks so much for sharing this with us because, um, I mean, you got me about exploring this for myself. You should totally do it. There's so many people. I mean, every business out there needs to have a book. I'm currently writing one. I have a client that's a VW restoration company and we're doing a book. <laughs> I mean, any kind of service business, this totally works on. So 
That's fantastic. And, you know, it sounds like it's the sort of thing, you know, I'm a big and you've probably heard this in some of my podcast episode, go where there's already a demand. Yes. You know, don't try to sell the value. But this is one thing that's it's not that it's an exception. It's just that it's easier for a lot of other business, for a lot of smaller businesses to get to understand. So where they might have trouble paying a lot for web copy or for a white paper or for some of these other pieces where the corporate market is best suited for, something like this, it, 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 I love what you said. This is a, what, what is it, a, the, the ultimate business card? The mother of all business cards. I'm from New Jersey, so. You know, yeah, the mother, the mother of all, of all business, business cards. cards. That gets somebody's attention. So I think it's this easier value proposition to to sell or to discuss. Oh yeah. I even have on my business card, it says, ask me about the mother of all business cards. That's smart. And I've gotten clients from that because they're like, it's just so weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they have to ask. So Susan, where, where can listeners learn more about you, your services? Where, where should they go? Well, my company is called Triumph Communications. So like Triumph, like you won, woo Triumph, <laughs> triumphcom.com. And then I also have, uh, you know, I've coached a lot of, I, my last name used to be LaPointe. So I had a book called Working Writer, Happy Writer. And I teach people how to get started just from the very beginning. You know, they're just starting to think about it. We're doing a lot of content mill rescues. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a puppy mill rescue, but, uh, you know, writers that have gotten stuck in content mills and trying to help them see if they can get something better going. But that is workingwriterhappywriter.com. Workingwriterhappywriter.com. Fantastic. Again, Susan, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this incredible information with us. Man, I I thought that was a great interview. I really appreciate Susan's generosity and her willingness to share her ideas and step-by-step -step information. That was just truly fantastic. And you know, I got to tell you if if you're intimidated by the idea of writing a book, uh, I, I have to tell you, after having gone through this myself several times, I, I've written two books. I've put together more than half a dozen educational programs that are really about the same amount of, of work and content as writing a book. I have to tell you that this is not as difficult and as daunting as it may sound. Yes, you have to be disciplined, you have to be organized, and you have to be willing to put ideas together. But if you can find a way to just start at a high level, just with your basic ideas and start adding a little bit more detail to each of your main points until you have a fully fleshed outline and then you start writing content and you take this thing one step at a time you can really have a lot of fun with this type of work and of course as susan has shown you here they, these projects can be very lucrative now, as a reminder, you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 36. And you know what? I'd love to hear from you. Um, I want to know what you'd like to learn more about through this podcast in 2014. If you have a burning question, if you have a specific topic you'd like for me to cover, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm going to be installing a feature on my website, b2blauncher.com, that will allow you to submit questions for future podcasts. But in the meantime, if you have a question you'd like for me to address in a future show, email me at ed at b2blauncher.com. I can't promise that I'll respond to every email, but I do read every email that comes my way. 
And um, I'd appreciate a little bit of feedback if there's something that you'd like to learn more about. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, I would be very grateful if you shared it with friends and colleagues who you think might benefit from from the material. And you can do that at b2blauncher.com forward slash love, or you can use any of the social media sharing buttons you'll find on the episode page. Also, it would mean a ton to me if you would give the show a quick rating or review in iTunes. So if you've been profiting from these ideas, if you find the show helpful and valuable, you can go to b2blauncher.com forward slash iTunes and leave me either a quick star rating or a sentence or two on what your thoughts are on the show. So that brings us to the end of the episode. My name is Ed Gandia, and I thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome day. Take care, everyone. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.